Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Blooming podcast with your host, Daniela. And Mariah. So today we have a very special episode. Everyone has been waiting for it. It's Mariah's birthday episode. Everyone's been waiting for it because they missed us last week. Yes, we missed last week because we had so much going on. Danielle, you are here in the States, in Chicago. Yes. Doing the most, but also not really doing the most because we were all kind of like not feeling 100% last week. Oh, yeah. So that was a bummer. But we somehow were able to be well enough to travel to LA together and celebrate me turning 30, me getting Mm -hmm. married soon. So it's kind of like a birthday slash bachelorette, but like mostly birthday because I'm more of a birthday person. And this is like my one excuse. I feel like when you turn 30, that's like your one excuse to go all out. Mm -hmm. And I think we did. It is an important excuse. And I think we did it. We did go all out. We did the most. Yeah, we did the most. Um, It was so much fun. And Mariah, I have just come to the conclusion that you have the best taste in friends. (laughs) Like, it was such a great group of people. We had so much fun. We had like a police experience. It was like, yeah, I mean, can you please, please explain what happened? (laughs) Well... (laughs) To sum it up, I mean, it was just super fun to have all of my friends from different eras of my life come together. And of course, like not every single one of my friends was able to come because that would have just been so many people, but definitely an amazing group of friends that have been in my life for a long time. And then my newest friends who've been in my life for the past two, three years. So Daniela and Esther so cool to just see everyone get along so well. And yeah, I kind of just basked in everyone being together and finally getting to connect. And it just, it's a good feeling when your friends get along with each other. It's really cool. Yeah. It was really sweet. And I don't get to do that often enough. I don't get to integrate people often enough, but it went well. So I was very relieved because I was a little bit nervous, but, um, yeah, I, I'm relieved that it went well. And I just keep reminiscing on all our pictures and videos and thinking back to just so many of the funny moments where we couldn't get into a specific bar because my friend Joanne, her card apparently looked fake. <laughs> but she, like he thought she had a B and she's like well over 21. So yeah, she's in her 30s. So that was funny. And then we got escorted into another bar by these cops because the cops like validated her ID. But then she still couldn't get into the bar because we had apparently attitude. <laughs> so it was, a whole, it was a whole thing, but it was hilarious. And then, yeah, we just had so much fun. So many funny memories. We went wine tasting and Malibu. We did a tour. That was so much fun endless amounts of laughter and just silly moments, which are the best to have with your girlfriends. Yeah. It was so much fun. I loved it. It was so much fun. You need to do it. You need to do it annually. I've decided. Oh my God. Like people can show up if they want, but I need to rent out this Airbnb that I rented out was stunning. Oh my God. Maybe I should like somehow upload photos of all of that. I think I will. I need to do a photo dump on my Instagram with 
everything from that weekend. Oh my God, please. It was just Please. It, it was terrible. gorgeous. It was and it was content. like such, it had like such a great energy as well. Like the entire place was just like perfect. And even the location, like everything was great. Yeah. I loved it so much there. It was in Venice. Yeah. Walkable to Abbot Kinney. So if you're in the area or familiar, yeah, we were in Abbot Kinney and it was walkable to the beach, to bars, to shopping, restaurants, everything. So I think I might have to rent that out again, like every year and just do it all over again because <laughs> I can't have that just be the only time that we all get together. Oh my God. Yes. Let's make a Mariah retreat every year. Oh my God. <laughs> the Mariah yes, retreat. My dream. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But anyways, that was our week together. It was so much fun. And yeah, next stop. Uh, Columbus, Ohio for the wedding. Oh my God. Like I, I was just thinking about it yesterday or something because I have to look at flights again. And I'm like, that is Already. in no time. Um, I actually, you know, do, I, I really hope I'm not the only one, but I, whenever I shower, I like use the shower like thing, the, what's that called? <laughs> like the little glass, the head. like the glass that like gets okay, all like, door. The stuff. I don't even know. Like, why am I blanking so much on words today? And I write stuff out, like, on the, um, what's it called? Ah, the, it's not foam. It's not, it's what? Squeegee? No. Oh, my God. It's like, you know, that, that like, glass. So you have a shower, right? And the yes. glass gets, you know, from the hot water. What happens there? Steam. Steamed. Yes. Steam. <laughs> I feel like we were just playing charades. <laughs> yes. That's that's my brain all the time. Um, so I write stuff out. Like I sometimes I'm like, oh, this month I'm making blah, blah, blah. And I calculate it there when I'm showering because why not? And I was oh God, like, what a quirk. it is a quirk. I don't know if anyone else does it. Not me. So I was doing that. I was like, okay, March, I was in California. April, I'm going to Portugal. May, I'm going back to, to like New York and the US. And then June, I'm going to be in Chicago again. And I'm like, every single month up until June, I have a trip planned. Oh my God. I was like, how is, how is this my life? <laughs> I'm sorry because recently you were like, I don't know how I feel about traveling as much this year. Yeah, but I, I kind of, well, you know, I overcommitted. So. So yeah, now it happens. It's fine though. At least, at least after that, maybe you can take it easy, and then yeah. we'll come to you. Yeah, fingers crossed. I've been trying to convince, but then we'll still, you guys. <laughs> we'll still be traveling though because I'll we'll want to go. Yeah, but it's in different. I I feel like it's always a little bit more intense when I have to cross an ocean mm -hmm. if it's like local to Europe. <laughs> local to right. Europe. Yeah. Let's let's like trademark pending, <laughs> then it's chill. Yes, It's exactly. not a big deal. Um, but yeah, so today's episode is, you know, a special because Mariah wants to look back on the lessons she learned in her 20s. 20s. Yes. And we're going to go through different areas of life. She's written stuff out. We're probably going to branch out of these. <laughs> yes. I so know. It was hard. It was hard to come up with this, um, <laughs> but it was fun. 
And of course, I procrastinated to the very last minute. So last night, Jack and I were just chit-chatting as we do occasionally. We get into these like super intense, deep conversations. And this week, I think because we had so much time apart in the last couple of weeks because he went on a boy's trip and then I went on a girl's trip. So we had just like so much to share and dissect and talk about. But he kind of helped me. I was talking through some of the some of the lessons I feel like I've learned. And I mean, for the majority of my 20s, I've been in a relationship with him. So um, he's gotten to see my evolution in this decade. And it's just been so great to have a partner to see that and to kind of like reflect that back to you and remind you of how much that you've grown. So um, yeah, it was really, it was a really great exercise and I'm excited to share. Okay. So where do you want to start? <laughs> let's start. Well, let's start with love since um, that's at the top of my list. Let's just start there since we were talking about Jacksito. Okay. Mariah, <laughs> what have you learned <laughs> in your 20s about love? Okay. So much. And I know that love is very broad because there's love for self. There's love for your relationships and just universal love for everything that you do in life. But I'm going to be talking out specifically love in my partnership, in my romantic relationship. And um, yeah, so number one, find someone who empowers you to hold boundaries. That is huge. I am so lucky to have a partner who really empowers me to be assertive in my relationships and challenges me in our relationship because there are times where I've had to stick up for myself um, in our relationship. And that wasn't always super easy to me in prior relationships. But I think because Jack's so good about holding his own boundaries, he's really taught me how to hold boundaries. And um, he allows me the space to, to do that. So anytime like we're in an argument or something and I'm asserting my boundary, even if he's not completely open to it in that exact moment, like once we have the space to really reflect, he always comes back and is like, I'm really proud of you for like pushing me on that. And so I think it's really important to find that in love. And that's something that I've learned that I really need is somebody to help me stand firm in my truth and my boundaries. That's so good. That is so good. And I'm writing that on my little list of things I don't want to forget when I fall in love. Okay, continue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, prioritize how someone makes you feel about yourself. Mm, What does that mean? So I think this could be related to all relationships, um, but I think this is something that you know, Jack always, everything's going to be about Jack because (laughs) we've been together in the majority of my twenties. But, um, I think he really allows, or I've always felt so comfortable when I'm with him. And I've always felt my best me when I'm with him. And in previous relationships in my twenties and my early twenties, I always felt like I wasn't enough. And I always felt like I like when I was around that person, like I needed to be someone else so that they would love me more or that they would desire me more. Whether it was like to come off that I was more confident than I actually was or to come off that I was like sexier 
than I actually was. I feel like I used to really lead with that in my early 20s is like sex appeal. I always thought that I needed to like be on and not be my silly or goofy self. And so I think prioritizing how someone makes you feel when you're around them, if you feel like you are your true self, that you are when you're with your girlfriends, right? Like I I definitely feel a similar vibe when I'm with Jack that I do with my girlfriends. He just allows me to be the fully expressed, weird little freak that I am. <laughs> That's something that I love about you guys. Like I've noticed that since the beginning. You, I've had friends before that change, like their personality and their energy changes when their partner is around. And I hated that so much. And you guys are like the exact same people. Like, when like, you know, like when you're on when I'm one on one with you and like Jack is part of the group, like I don't feel like you change at all. And that is so refreshing. And like people take note. That's how it should be. Right. I mean, if you want that. Right. I mean, I guess like I'm here to share what I've learned that I love in my relationship and in love and romance. But I guess it's like it doesn't have to be like that with everyone. But it is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably less exhausting. Yeah. And I've had the opposite of that. So it's nice to feel that. And um, the third one would be, don't be afraid to fight with each other and that anger is okay. And if we're talking about being in a hetero relationship, I stand firm in the lesson of allowing your man to express emotion and not making him feel shame for it. And that's something that I have been not the best at and I've improved in the last year, but I used to not make it, not make it be a safe space for Jack to show his emotion, whether it was frustration and anger or um, tears or just like passion. I used to kind of like get mad at him for doing that. And now I know that it's okay to express anger and that you shouldn't shame your partner for having emotions. Like emotions are so good. And I think through the last few years that have been really hard on our relationship, I'm not going to get into it, but um, (laughs) I think there has been a lot of times where we've been super angry with each other. And there were times where we weren't seeing eye to eye on things. And so I think letting each other feel the anger, even when you can't fully understand where the other person is coming from, is important because then, you know, you always want that to be a safe space. Like you and your partner should feel like you can emotionally express your feelings and your needs and your desires. So yeah, I think now I've gotten a lot better. And I think because I'm such a, I'm very sensitive to sounds and to emotions. Like I feel things so intensely that when somebody is expressing emotion, I feel it like so much. And it's almost like, I'm like, I can't handle this. Like I'm already dealing with my emotion. I can't handle yours as well. Like it's too much. And then I used to kind of just like be avoidant and run away and shut down. And now I'm learning how to regulate myself and that I don't need to absorb their emotion. And I just have to remind myself in that moment, like I just take a deep breath. And then I remind myself like, that's okay. And you're safe and their emotions are their emotions. And if you need a moment because it's too much, like 
just communicate that you need a little bit of space and then you can come back together when you're ready. So I think that's another thing is just like learning how that it's okay to fight and that it's okay to express your emotions and to have anger. That is so good. I'm like, yes. I'm like just nodding along. (laughs) So that's that one. I feel like the first two are very, very um, sweet. And these are like more of the difficult lessons. So last lesson in love, which I have to give a lovely shout out to my friend Gabriela because she wrote this piece. We love Gabita. She wrote this piece of advice on um, a little card at our engagement party. And it is learn to love the icks. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So good. Please elaborate. What does that mean to you, Mariah? Oh my God. What should I share? (gasps) Sorry, Jack. Okay, so... (laughs) Jack, you give me the let's, ick. <laughs> let's list out all of the icks. Um, no, we're not going to do that. Um, okay, so Jack and I were talking about this last night, and he was like, okay, yes, we remembered like a specific fight that we had right before I was going to move in with him. And I was dropping him off at the airport, and I basically was like, I'm nervous to move in with you because you're messy. And I was serious. It was like kind of tearing me apart because um, I wasn't, I really wasn't a clean, tidy child. But after I got my first apartment, I realized how obsessive compulsive I am with having like no clutter around and needing like the dust, everything to be dusted and wiped down. It just feels like a clear energetic space. And so that is very, very, very important to my well-being. And, you know, some people like Jack, are not like that. <laughs> you know, some people some people don't mind a little clutter, a little messiness, clothes all over I the like floor. Jack. Okay. So yeah. I mean, I've had I've shame. had the clothes that I like I unpacked, put it on top of this bed that I have behind me and forgot about it for 5 days. So, okay, well, I'm not I'm perfect, a Jack. so like I still have not unpacked from last weekend, but that's because it's been very, very stressful this week. Um, but not trying to shame anyone. Everyone's different. like, there's not a right or wrong, even though at times I feel like my way is the right way because a tidy home is a happy home. Um, okay, Mary Kondo. <laughs> so I've learned to love that ick. And, you know, there's there's just little things that people do, the people in your life that you love. And... It's it might it might not be what you like at first, but you can learn to love it. Okay, so what you're saying here is that sometimes the people that you love will give you the ick, and that's not mm-hmm. a reason it's to not break the end up all, with that all. person. Yeah, okay. like we're human. Like sometimes we have we some <laughs> sometimes we smell sometimes. <laughs> It's an unpleasant smell and we're human <laughs> beings. We're not always going to be attracted to our partner 100% of the time. And okay, that's good it's to know. okay, right? Like, yeah, it's okay to not feel the lust 100% of the time. And you just have to be like... <laughs> Smelling your own pit. Like, am I? Oh my God. I really, I really hope Brooke (laughs) includes that video 
for the promo for this episode. But also I have Am this I question. It's <laughs> I have a question about this. So let's say that a friend of mine, not me, right, uh-huh, is talking to you. someone, right? Okay. And that someone likes metal music. And okay. metal to me is disgusting. And that gives me the ick. Should my friend mm-hmm. continue talking? To I this say guy? give that guy a chance because it's not for me. There's just there's just so many other important factors that belong on the list that certain other little things like there's some wiggle room. There's some wiggle room. Give people a mm-hmm. chance. Like don't just like write off a guy on that first date because he was a little awkward. Like I'm I'm definitely somebody who gives multiple chances. Um after a first date, like, I mean, I also have like a track record of liking a particular type of guy that kind of makes, <laughs> do I want to say this? Oh my God. <laughs> that makes me feel, oh, this is so horrible. That makes me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> but that was like the old me that was deeply insecure. And um, I used to like give guys chances who were a little bit weird. You know, there was just like redeemable qualities, I guess. So Don't be so hard on people in love and relationships. Like there's other things that are so important. And I think we have this false idea that we see in the movies about how everything, like when you find your person, like you're going to know in the moment and it's going to feel perfect and everything about them like is going to be perfect and it's all going to work out. But, you know, there's sometimes things that are like, eh, that wasn't like necessarily on my list. But like, where did I get that idea in the first place? And do I actually need that in a person? Or is like how I feel about myself and feeling comfortable in my skin and the communication and like the unconditional love and and what we want out of life, like those are the important things. And Mm. I think it's worth sticking out and really focusing on like the super, super core, like this is for me. Emotional needs, I feel like, are number one for me. And, like, mm. everything else is, like, the cherry on top. But also, like, Jack's really attractive, so that helps. <laughs> like, a good look. He's, like, a good-looking person. <laughs> he is a good-looking person. So. Like, you guys make a beautiful couple. But, okay, so my oh friends didn't write off the Can metal use thing. any of this? Is this, like, horrible? I really hope so. <laughs> I okay. think this is gold. <laughs> People will, will understand. Like, I mean, oh, for all, all the single ladies out there. Just don't write off people yeah, just don't because write they off give people. you the ick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not, I'm just gonna stop talking before I say anything too embarrassing or like. Okay, okay. So moving on to the next category of lessons, Mariah. Money, where money, do you want to go? Money, money. Okay, career. Let's talk about career. I love that you just went there and sang. I'm. This is <laughs> a very energetic episode. I'm glad, and I'm dancing. That you're feeling see. that way. <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling rich so that's why okay okay so I'm in my rich era rich finally. era we love that we're finally mm-hmm. there I mean you can tell 30. Mariah's in her abundance in her richy 30s yes I'm I, making we, that a thing I'm rich. 30 flirty and rich as fuck rich <laughs> <laughs> okay so Mariah lesson number one about money oh well career I guess okay, that, career. Like, that goes hand in hand, right? Whatever. Yes. Imposter syndrome. I want to talk about that. Okay. So I would say, okay, hold on. Let me let me actually think about what this is because I, I just wrote imposter syndrome and I forgot. 
I forgot like the full lesson with it. <laughs> I ran out of room. There's no okay. lesson. Okay. Okay. Here's the lesson. You are so much more capable than you think you are. And imposter syndrome is not real. I mean, it feels real. You can think all the things and that become your reality. But I, I really believe in us as a species that we are all capable. When we put our mind to something, we can achieve it. It just takes belief, dedication, consistency, and then you just start to feel the confidence. So, okay. But that, how did you figure that out though? Like what, what, what instance did that breakthrough come from? Like, you know? Well, I spent my entire career. So I, my first job was 18. I was 18 in retail. And then from then I always felt like I just kind of like got lucky that mm. like, I just was like at the right place at the right time, knew the right people, did just enough to like, to kind of like fake it, I guess, to like convince people that I was capable of something that I actually had no idea that I was good at or that I was capable of, if any of that makes sense. But I just always felt like I was fooling people and that one day I was going to be caught for how dumb that I felt inside. I always felt like very unintelligent and I didn't go to a four-year college. I didn't even take the SATs. I never really applied myself in high school. And I always just felt like I didn't know. I Nothing came natural to me when it came to school and education. But I loved fashion. So yeah, I pursued a career in retail, which then turned into a career in marketing, e-commerce. And now I am a director of marketing. What? How did I get here? I mean, a lot of, a lot of imposter syndrome got me here. So maybe imposter syndrome is so <laughs> bad, but you kind of just push through it. So I think, um, I hit my rock bottom in my career, which kind of like spilled over into my entire life because, um, I think all of us put our career at the forefront of our self-worth and our fulfillment and, you know, we need money. We need money to live. Money makes us happy. Money makes the world go around. So um, I think my rock bottom was associated to me not feeling, well, first feeling burnout and then not feeling fulfilled by what I was doing, which definitely didn't help the burnout. And so when I quit my job during the pandemic, which was like, I think my Saturn return had started right after that. So crazy, the timing of it. But I think that Saturn return, Saturn Aquarius was in March. I quit my job a couple months after that. I think maybe that month. Wow. It's so crazy to look back on your Saturn return because I didn't know exactly when it was, when it started, when it started, but like, wow. So I quit my job, which felt really good. I was like, oh my God, I'm free. I don't have to answer to anyone. I can just like wake up in the morning and have peace again. So I think going through that and going through not having a full-time job or having to report to quote unquote, the man for two years had its pros and cons. It did feel like a lot more cons and pros <laughs> during it because, um, I wasn't meeting my partner halfway financially. And that was really hard. It was hard on our relationship. It was hard on my self-esteem and my self-worth. I like lost any ounce of confidence that I had, which wasn't, was not a lot at the time, but I completely lost confidence. I stopped like 
caring about how I looked, how I felt. Like I just allowed myself to feel all the feelings, which were very negative. So I think the pros of that were I really focused on how can I not feel this way? Like, what is it going to take so that I cannot hate myself so much so that I can actually have confidence because I had so many negative thoughts in my mind, like 24 hours a day. And so I think having that time to find practices, to seek therapy and to do all of those things, um, I didn't have that time when I was working a full-time job. So I was able to take all that time to do the inner work. And I know there's a luxury to do that. A lot of people can't just like quit their jobs. They have to endure a shitty job and um, also deal with their depression. So I'm very grateful to have had a partner to support me, but it was not, it was not easy on him or our relationship. So um, I think, oh my God, I'm I'm rambling on this one. No, you're not rambling. Imposter this is syndrome. Good. Okay. I mean, but you work through it, right? And you somehow, like, I feel like it all has happened so quickly. How you went from being like unemployed and trying to figure out what your next move was to now suddenly, you know, being in a mm-hmm. very good position in a company and feeling right. very good about yourself. So it's like what you were saying before about how imposter syndrome isn't real, but it feels real, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like you kind of like reverse Uno card <laughs> imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like you started believing in in whatever it is that you were doing so much that the imposter syndrome kind of like went away. Right. Okay. Thank you for bringing me back to the point because I tend to do that. I just was like off, woo, 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 uh, reliving all of that. But um, to bring it home, I think what happened was I kind of hit a point where I was like, I can't continue not applying myself. I didn't have confidence. And I was like, I have to do something so uncomfortable and I have to apply for jobs again. I just have to do it. I need to make money. I can't just continue to put all that pressure on my partner. I have to actually apply myself or I'm never going to be successful, even if it's whatever I wanted to do at the time, which was pursue being like a, some kind of a coach. I don't know. Now I'm like, thank God that I didn't do that. (laughs) But, um, anyway, so I was like, it's time to get back to like the, the real world. And I need to apply myself and to use the skills that I have. Um, I have a background in social media marketing. So let's just like take the first step. So I did that. And then, um, I would say, it was just a whirlwind of a couple months. Like once I set my mind to it, I had an opportunity, kind of like went through that opportunity. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm actually ready for something more challenging. And I think I'm ready for a full-time career commitment. And um, the moment that I came to that acceptance in my mind, the second, like the very next day, I had somebody reach out to me about the opportunity that I'm in now. And it did not sound good to me, to be honest. Like when I was offered this opportunity, I was like, this sounds like the last thing on earth I want to do. Like this is, this does not sound like it's aligned with who I am. And I want to do something that's in wellness or fashion, something that like lights me up. And I was being so bratty about it when I had like not a lot of experience in the last few years to be able to like kind of choose from that place. Um, Hmm. So I was like, you know what? I took two years off. Like, I'm going to just 
I'm just going to do it. Because what have I got to lose? I've already felt like the lowest low. I only have money to gain and more knowledge and more experience. So even though I have no background in this specific industry type, and it's not something that I've ever been interested in, I'm just going to do it because I need to prove to myself that I am so much more capable, coming full circle, so much more capable than I ever thought I was. And in three months, I got a raise. And then in six months, I got a huge promotion. So now I am director of marketing and I can't even believe it. Like I cannot a year ago, imagine me today running a marketing department for a finance company. Like what? Girl, miracles You had it in you. You had it in you. I guess I know a thing or two. Can you imagine sitting your like 29-year-old Mariah and being like, hey, in about three, four months, whatever, how long it took, I don't remember, you're going to get a job and then you'll get promoted in six months and you'll be so happy about it. And it's nothing like what you're thinking, like you're imagining. Would she believe you? No. I mean, (laughs) maybe, but no, (laughs) I'd be like, stop. But don't because it's great. I mean, I'm so confident again. I feel like honestly capable of anything that comes my way at this point. So proud of you. And that is the key to happiness. <laughs> at least, <for> <laughs> Yeah. Right the key to happiness is, you know, challenge yourself mm-hmm. and see where it takes you. Challenge yourself in your career because it really reflects in every other area of life. Like what the skills that you learn in your job, in your day-to-day. There's, it's so much more than just your work. It's like interpersonal skills, how to like communicate with people. It's all things that can be applied to every area of life. It's so important. I do believe it's so important to work in America. Just kidding. You don't have to work in America. work wherever you want. But this is America. In and America. We, we work hard. <laughs> yeah. People do work in America. That is I, I, a thing. Yeah. So I'm in my working era. I'm in my career era. But, you know, we'll we'll ride it out and see how long it goes. And then we'll evolve. And I'm sure I'll be in my doing nothing era or like being a mom era. And that'll be oh, a whole other, a whole other so lesson. Oh, my. I'm excited lesson. for that era, I must say. Okay. Okay. Moving Next on. Next lesson. Long one. <laughs> okay. They all kind of like go hand in hand. So, um. This won't be quick, but diversify your skill set. I think it's important to have a nice variety of skills because from my experience, I think just focusing on one thing for me personally felt very limiting because I love to do, I love so many things. I'm very multi-passionate, multi-creative. And so um, I kind of wish looking back now that I would have maybe spent a little bit more time learning a new skill I don't have a degree in marketing. I have a degree in visual communication. So whatever that means, it's like very broad. And I did photography for a while, but I kind of wish I would have um, maybe taken a marketing class or um, done some other kind of like college courses just to help build that confidence and to feel like I could have these other skill sets that would be applicable to other jobs. Because I think because I didn't focus on diversifying my skills, it kept me very stagnant. And I felt like I I can't do that because I don't know anything about it. So I think like reading books, taking courses, 
um, it's really important to expand your knowledge and to continue to pick up different skill sets because the world just keeps on going and things keep getting, you know, with AI and just things changing all the time. It's important to um, not just keep yourself in a box. I think it's good to continue to diversify. That's great advice. Okay. So (laughs) number three, you don't need to chase your purpose or monetize everything. I talk about this a lot. Yes. But I felt like because I was chasing my purpose that I wasn't allowing myself to be open to any opportunity outside of like my super fixated idea of what it was that I thought I needed to be, which was like living or like doing a, um, having a career of service or spirituality. I think I was so fixated on that, that I wasn't allowing myself to be open to whatever other opportunity would come my way because sometimes things don't always look how you want them to, but there's a purpose behind whether it's the right meeting, the right type of people or being able to travel in this opportunity and you meeting your person or whatever, like you never know what an opportunity will give you at the end. And so I think it's important to stay open-minded and to not just chase one thing, to allow yourself room to um, try something new and try something different. Mm. And there's there's so much about that, like in our last episode with Amanda, how she explains like how we all have a path of service and that we walk it together and that it not always has to do like you don't have to become a healer to heal this like society. Right. So it's it's really beautiful mm-hmm. how you put it. And and I think that is so important to like, you know, say that more often because mm-hmm. I think that so many of us that are in like the field or we're following like our passion. We feel so kind of like in a little box about it too. And Mm -hmm. even if we're not doing that, it doesn't mean that we're not living out like our highest purpose. Speaking of being human, if your boss Mm -hmm. or your job doesn't allow you to be a human and not a robot, find a new job. Find a new job where you are valued and appreciated and where people don't make you feel like shit every day and that you're not good enough. So the jobs and the people, the right people who will appreciate you are out there. Don't stay at a job where you feel like shit about yourself. I promise you, even if you have to leave the industry, you can find people who are just better people and allow you to be human. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I mean, could, do you want to get into that? I can touch on it slightly. Yeah. I mean, I was at a job where I was not valued or appreciated. I felt like I had a boss that was always making me feel like I, whatever I did wasn't enough or there were so many mistakes and I always needed to like do more work constantly. It wasn't like, good job. Like we value you. It was like, do this and do that, do this and do that. And you're not enough. So, um, now I'm like very grateful to not feel that way anymore. And I feel like I'm actually doing good things. And of course we're going to make mistakes along the way and having, I feel like a team of people who are like, it's okay. Yeah, we all make mistakes. We can we can fix anything. Like, let's move on. I think it's really important to have that type of culture. Mm. Yeah, no, 1000%. And it's good for your mental health. It is. I was going to say, like, do you feel like your mental health has improved since you now have a job in which the people around you are so much mm-hmm. better and like healthier? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think that the last job I was at completely destroyed my feelings of just being capable and having confidence mm. in the work that I was doing. And so I think that ate away at my, the way I viewed myself in like all aspects of life. So yeah, I think it, having trauma in the workplace and suffering from mental abuse at your job is a very real thing. And I'm not sure it's talked about enough, but you do not have to tolerate somebody speaking to you in a way that causes self-harm. Mm. So leave leave that. Leave that job. Stick up for yourself. Like I definitely had moments where I had to stick up for myself at that job and it wasn't received well. So I just, I just quit. I was like, okay, I, there's, I can't, I've done as much. I've asserted myself. I've confronted the person. And if things aren't better and I'm continuing to be gaslit and saying that feelings aren't allowed in the workplace, which is fucking bullshit. Like, yes, you, there can be some separation, right? You need to be professional with your emotions, but there are emotions involved. You are a human being. So emotions are going to happen in the workplace. And that's not an excuse for people to treat you like fucking shit. So leave, leave that job and find somewhere where people allow you to be a human being. Okay. So we're writing down, leave the job where your boss sucks, but don't leave the guy that gives you a small ick. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Okay, right out of Mariah's guidebook. That's my advice. So, okay, where (laughs) do you want to go now? Are are we touching on one of our favorite subjects, friendship? Or do you want to go to another place? Oh, I I have little notes. Okay, we haven't talked about friendship in a while. Like, I'd say for a few episodes where we haven't talked about friendship. So I'm excited to see what you have to say. Yeah, I've learned a lot since then. Um, I feel like I can't even listen to those old ones because there's just so much now that must be applied to all of what I had said before. <laughs> I, I think I think because my Saturn return um, or my Saturn was in my seventh house, some of my relationships, um, I've had a lot of challenging lessons within my friendships. And now that I'm out of my Saturn return, I feel like I can share a little bit but I still feel like I'm learning a lot of these lessons that I'm about to share. So numero uno Mm -hmm. is over-communicate with your friends. Always vocalize how you're feeling and your intention in the friendship. So if you're feeling like a friend is being passive aggressive with you, or maybe you're misinterpreting something and you're creating a story about them in your head, it's just best to confront and to express those insecurities and those feelings versus letting them just build and build and build. And then when said friend does a super annoying thing and you hit your breaking point and you're like, fuck you, goodbye. That's my avoidant attachment style. So I feel like I've had instances where I've not given friends enough of a chance because I had so much resentment because of things that were left unsaid that bothered me. Mm. And I really wish that I had been better about vocalizing my feelings in the moment versus letting them get out of hand. Granted, at times, I'm sure 
I was right with how I was feeling, but I'm sure there were times where I was misinterpreting something or an insecurity of mine was getting triggered. And then I was just creating this whole other dramatic scenario in my head that wasn't real. So I think I could have salvaged a few friendships, but also, you know, I've lost some that were probably for a good reason, but that's something I'm still working on. And it's hard. It's hard to have conflict and friendship. It's so hard to navigate. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had not a lot of conflict, but I hope you tell me. You mean we as an us? Yeah. When have we had conflict, dude? (laughs) Exactly. What? We've had conflict. conflict. (laughs) Right? Okay. Is this this our first fight? Okay. (laughs) I was like, wait, should I be worried? we're not around each other all the time, which is sad. But mm. but I also think that keeps things good. If we were, maybe we'd fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. but it would be normal in the sense of like— Yeah, it would just be like— I do something feelings. that annoys you or, you know, we could say something that like is hurtful or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think that long distance is good in that sense because you're— <laughs> It's not you that you filter yourself— But you're kind of more conscious about what you say and how you say it because you don't live a street down, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to think of any conflict we've had. Um, (laughs) Oh, we've had a little. We've had a little thing. We've had a little thing. It wasn't really conflict. It was more me expressing my feelings. Yeah. I was like, I feel this. And then you're like, you're stupid. Just kidding. Really? You don't remember? Should we talk about it? Did I? Oh my god! No, talk about it. Oh my god! I don't like, remember. I don't remember. <gasps> wow. <laughs> I remember. I didn't see it as like conflict. Well, it's communicating. It's over communicating. Like, like, yeah, but it's good though. Like whatever it was, like I didn't perceive it as conflict. So well, that's good. Yeah, it was just something that I needed to vocalize and it was received well by you. You were like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. Okay. Oh, I remember now. (laughs) Okay. It just dawned on me. I really hope we're thinking about the same thing. We are. But again, like, okay, cool. We are. (laughs) Yeah, we've got it. (laughs) But I didn't see it as conflict as much as like miscommunication. Right. It was kind of like a situation in which I didn't know that what I said in a certain situation was going to hurt you. you And then when you communicated, exactly. Exactly. When you communicated, it made so much sense. And I was like, fuck. Right. Yeah. Over communicate. Tell, express that something makes you feel a certain way. Express your feelings. Like, I feel this when you said that because it's most likely not your friend's intent to hurt you or to like, you know, make exactly. you feel a negative emotion or feeling. So, yeah, because yeah, we're all living in our own world. Yeah, and in that instance in particular, I don't think I was yet aware of the entire context of the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was made aware after, but in the mm-hmm. moment, I was like, wait, wait what? Like, mm-hmm. You know, but so it's, it was, yeah. So it's, it's kind not, of like it's not comfortable to to share <laughs> when you have no. like a feeling like that with a friend, though. Sometimes, like, oh, I mean, definitely. Most, most times, I've just been like internalizing it, and then 
somehow would come out in another way or like a friend would do something else that was like not a big deal. And I'd be like, rah, (laughs) I hate you. But it's hard though. It is hard. It's hard to sort of, and I mean, I'm not in my 30s yet. I might have some more insight in the next few years, but it's really hard sometimes to kind of be like, hey, this thing that probably meant nothing to you hurt me for these reasons. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm very happy that you did it when you did it because Mm -hmm. I would never want us and our friendship to be affected by something that meant nothing to me. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm really glad that you brought it to my attention so I know, like, the type of thing that can hurt you, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't do it. It's kind of, you know, I think that what you're saying, like, the over-communicating is good because you give your friends kind of, like, the rules of a game. Like, mm-hmm. this this type of thing hurts me. This type of yeah. thing is good. This is my love language. This is mm-hmm. something this is that annoys this is me my, to no end. Right? This is my childhood trauma. So when mm-hmm. you do this, it might not be a exactly. big deal. But, like, to me, it feels like this. So I think it's important to, mm-hmm. to vocalize our wounds yeah. and to um, always be clear on our intentions, but to validate our friends in their feelings. Not, I'm sorry you felt that way, but like, I'm sorry I said that. Yeah, that's a crappy response. <laughs> I know. It really does suck. Even if it's like not your intention to hurt someone, yeah. I feel like you have to you have to say like, I'm so sorry. Like, even if that wasn't my intent, I am so sorry. And I will really work on not doing that again. And if I do, just let me know and like put me in timeout. <laughs> exactly. Or like push me, like we actually had this conversation while I was in Chicago of like, if I ever do anything that in some way, shape, or form offends mm-hmm. you, please let me know. I am clueless. <laughs> yeah. No. Because also, like, and like, you're a Capricorn moon. I'm a Cancer moon. And there's some emotional yeah. differences between the two. So. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like, when you are so warm and so emotional, I'm like, I am emotional. It's just in not easy access. Yes. <laughs> it's not yes. You don't allow it's like, it. Yeah. It's there. You don't share it as much. It's just, you know, in, it's in like inside. a back door. Sit. Yes. Yeah. Reminds yeah. <laughs> on the porch. <laughs> I love that. I love the way that you put it. Yes. Yours is in the basement. Mine's on the front porch. Yeah. Mine's in the basement in a little glass cage like you. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> it rarely comes out. It usually dies before it becomes a thing. So no. anyway. We're working on that. <laughs> this is not about my emotions. Um, okay. okay. What is your next lesson? Never stop seeking new friendships. I definitely am putting myself out there lately because I'm in a new city And I really want to continue to meet new people and to just not keep myself limited in friendships. Not that like the current friendships I have are limiting, but I think it's important to continue to meet new people because, and that kind of like leads into my next one, which I'll just go into because Mm -hmm. friendships go through seasons and a friend that you have in one season of life may not carry over into the next season. And that's okay. You may reconnect later in life, but I do think that we kind of ebb and flow and our friendships do go through seasons. So it's important to make an effort to 
seek out new friendships if you're feeling like maybe not super aligned with your current group of friends or yeah, just you never know where these friendships can lead you. Like I felt at the time when I met you, like I had, I had a lot of friends. I, you know, maybe felt like I wasn't super aligned or I was having like negative feelings because I wasn't communicating (laughs) and I wasn't like trying to make new friends, but I met you and look at us now. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm that's an so advocate. special. Yes, it is. Well, I'm and a- it is very important, I think. You know, like, I, I think I've talked to you about this of like how sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, I have no capacity for more friends. And it's so not true. Like we have so much capacity. I mean, it doesn't mean that we're going to be like super best friends. And we're, you know, like, I think that mm-hmm. you can have different types of friendships. Mm-hmm. But our hearts expand and it's a beautiful thing. Yes, yes. And right, I think like it's it's hard to to juggle a lot of different friendships. And I, I feel like I used to hear a lot of whatever messaging out there about just having like a close group of friends. Like it's okay to just have like a tiny amount of people in your life. And I think it's okay, but I feel like it's also okay to have many different types of friends and to have different mm-hmm. friends that you can connect with different things. Um, you know, maybe you have a friend that you do yoga with and you don't like talk about your emotions all the time, but you love to go to a yoga class together and get coffee and you guys live close by. And like, that's something that you need in your week. And like, that's your bond. I think it's okay to have friends that don't fulfill every single need and to have a friend that Mm -hmm. is more of an acquaintance or to have a friend that you do, um, you know, just specific activities with. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm learning to continue to force myself because sometimes I have to force myself to put myself out there because I'm like, Oh God, a new person. I don't like know their baggage. I don't know. Right. Like it's, it's a lot. And I think, um, because I have so much trauma and friatives (laughs) that I, I get afraid of like it ending. Yo, I feel like you're, you're like saying exactly the same thing I say, but in dating, it's like, oh my God, another person, Eh. (laughs) trauma, no baggage, ew, Mm -hmm. metal music, ick. Like, (laughs) it's It's our parental issues. I, I relate to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Oh my God. <gasps> yeah. Okay. We will mm-hmm. unpack that mm-hmm. <laughs> later. That's all I can say about that. Um, um. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> but yes. Okay. So my last one on friendship is mm-hmm. don't be mad at someone because they're not who you want them to be. Accept people Ooh. for who they are and either learn to work through it and accept people or they just don't belong in your life. If you're constantly thinking negative thoughts or you're like, ugh, they do this and it's so annoying and blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't mean that person is a bad person or sucks or whatever that you're painting them as. It's not fair of you to want them to be somebody that they're not. Like that is harmful to them and is not fair so accept and take people as they are or just don't have them in your life. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So learn to Love. let go. Learn to let go when you no longer feel in alignment with people or accept them for their whatever flaws that you think 
whatever you're judging them for. Just accept them and be like, okay, I accept you for that and I'm not going to judge you. Super. I'm just nodding. It's so good. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, I have nothing to add to that. Great, because this no is words. getting long. Just nods. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and is this the last section? No, we have two more categories. No? Okay, what's two. the next category? So this category is self. So all things related mm-hmm. to the self and your internal thoughts and your internal world and how you feel about yourself and how you show up in the world. Okay. Number one, I feel like I should have been counting these because they're supposed to be 20. So I've been counting them like in groups. Well, I mean, Oops. we're not math people. It's they fine. all add up to 20. <laughs> yeah. Five times just, four you know, is Keep count if you're into that. <laughs> Theoretically. Oh my God. Is anybody going to like this episode? Everyone's going to think it's so interesting. Could, please share your first self lesson. I'm so interesting. Wow. I'm an influencer, guys. <laughs> I'm a human and just doing human things. And I, um, okay, I'm going to stop talking. So number one, <laughs> don't be afraid of making wrong decisions. Life is meant to be experienced follow those curiosities. Don't have paralysis by overanalysis. If you want to move out of state, if you want to take that course, if you want to, what's another crazy life thing? Get a pet, right? Like I feel like there's so many times where we, where we feel like we're going to make a wrong decision. So we like live in this place of fear of like, what if that doesn't end up how I envision it? Or what if I get a pet and it gets sick, right? Like I think about, I'm like, that. this is my right now thought is I really want a pet, but I'm like so afraid of like it getting sick or like, you know, all of those things. And, and I think like when you have a desire and when you have curiosity, like you owe it to yourself to actually act on it because you don't want to look back on the end of the, your life and and regret not doing those things that you wanted. So mm. I don't believe that there are wrong decisions. I just believe that they are decisions and you learn to live with whatever outcome. And yeah, there's no right or wrong. It just is what it is. And you can, you move on and you experience life. It's life is meant to be experienced. Let's just experience it all. Oh my God. Yes. That reminds me so much of the, don't let the fear of striking out keep yes. you from playing the game. Play the game. Yes. Cinderella story. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know if that quote is from that movie specifically, but. It is yeah. from a Cinderella movie. Yeah. Okay, good. A Cinderella, Cinderella story. story. A Cinderella yeah. movie. <laughs> yes. I remember. That's your favorite quote. Oh, that is so sweet. And I think that in your it is my favorite quote. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but it's my favorite quote. And I think that we, in our 20s specifically, I think that it fades away with age, but we get so caught up in the, what if I'm wrong? What if this, you know, kills me? What if this person that I'm choosing to date sucks? What if adopting a dog will fuck up my life? What if I move to Bali? You know, it's, we're so kind of like, caught up in in what if instead of, you know, like letting ourselves like live it to some capacity and see where it takes us. Like, I think that we're so like 
stuck in the definitive of things of like, oh, if I do this, I'm stuck with it forever. And it's usually not the case. Like if you move to Bali and it sucks, you can fly back home Mm -hmm. and it'll be fine. Right. Totally. You know, there's, I don't even like the word consequences. There are certain outcomes and Mm. you can attach a meaning behind it if you want. If you want to view something as negative, then that's your, you know, that's your perspective. But I try really hard and, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it can be really hard to not view something as negative when you're in the moment, but you know, there's always something to be gained at the end. You know, there's more knowledge, there's more life experience. Hmm. Number two. Okay. Next Mm -hmm. one. This one is like very tender to me. Um, but own your quirks and fall in love with the parts of yourself that you may not have always loved and really practice showing up as that true version of yourself, even when it feels cringe and uncomfortable. I've always been just like so extremely shy as a kid. And um, I think I was so afraid of showing my quirks and my weirdness that I had like so much social anxiety and just had a lot of like really negative thoughts, which um, really impacted me over time. And I think if I could go back and just tell my younger self to, to love those little quirks about myself and that one day those quirks would be like the best qualities about me, um, it would have been really nice to know that. So um, yeah, I think in your 20s, you're really trying to be whatever version of yourself that you see in someone else or you see in movies or whatever ideals you have for yourself. I think sometimes they can become like your whole identity, whether it's a career path, whether it's a lifestyle, um, whatever like labels you want to throw on yourself that are like idealized. I think sometimes that can mask the true you, your true essence and the little things about us that our closest friends like love about us, right? So I think Mm. it's important to lead with the things that make you, you and the things that set you apart from the rest and to like really show up as that and to learn to love your own icks. Love that. Should we talk about my icks? Because so many of them came out in this episode and I'm like, this podcast oh God, has please helped elaborate me on your ick to love my ick. <laughs> so, well, I think I talk about this all the time, but I just feel like my thoughts don't come to me in an organized manner, and so it's hard for me to kind of stay on subject. And so, when you have a podcast, it's very hard. Um, like I get a lot of like insecurity about that, and so I'm learning to just own it and say what I'm saying right now, like vocalize my insecurity and show up as like the little insecure, weird girl that I am. Like, I think it's okay to own when you're feeling insecure and to be silly and to be awkward. Like, I think, I think I'm learning to love that about myself is that I am just like a little shy, awkward girl on the inside. But, um, even though sometimes I show up and I'm like, I'm my Leo rising confident self. Like, (laughs) I think it's good to like show both sides. Right. Yes. Yes. And we want to see that. We want to see more of that, Mariah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one. 
it's okay to not be okay. Especially, I think it's been a trend, I would say a little pre-pandemic, this like toxic positivity, which was just kind of viewed as like having a positive mindset. I think in the pandemic, we all learned that there is such thing as toxic positivity and there is such thing as downplaying when we're not okay or downplaying when things are bad. And, you know, sometimes when somebody's going through a hard time or has like lost a loved one, the last thing that they want to hear is like, everything's happening for you, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a reframe around yeah, that. Yeah, you want to smack their faces. Right, mm-hmm. like there is such a thing as like, having this sense of positivity that is like gaslighting your emotions and like discrediting your feelings. And I definitely went through a phase where I think I was like even giving my friends advice and even Jack, like when he would like lose a job or something, I'd be like, it's okay. Like this is happening for you. This is only like taking you to a job that's like better fit for you. And he'd have to be like, that is not what I want to hear right now. And I'm like, you're just like, you don't get it, you know? And I think that's extremely toxic. And I'm sorry, Jack. And I'm sorry to all my other friends that I've ever made feel that way. Because I definitely had a phase where I was just like, everything's great. And then I went through my depression. I was like, oh, life sucks. And it's okay. (laughs) It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to like allow yourself to be like, this is a really hard time in my life. And like, I went through this. It is not fair. I should not have to go through this. But I think like the reframe of everything's happening for you is things suck now, but they won't forever. And you will Mm -hmm. be happy again. You will find happiness again. It's inevitable, but it's okay for things to suck. And it's okay to say that it sucks. And then you're, you're not happy and you're going through a hard time and that you don't want to, but like, just know that you will not be in that forever. Like you will find happiness again. Mm. And you've truly embraced that because like during last year, when I was in my emo girl era, you were the one that was like, please be emo. Like you're Mm -hmm. like, please let yourself sit in this. And I'm so grateful that you did because I'd still be sulking about that if you hadn't pushed me. So thank you. I'm so happy. Yeah. Please be not not, please be sad, but like let yourself be like, (laughs) I'm a fucking hot mess right now. And that's all I have to offer. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the thing. I, and it circles back to friendship too. It's Mm -hmm. like when you have a safe friendship that happens naturally, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be anything for your friend. You know, you can just be like, Hey, I'm going through a tough time. I'm like, not good. And your friend can hold you in that, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, you don't have to dump on them either. But you know, yeah. it's like, that's yeah, a beautiful yeah. thing. I know. It's hard to find a balance. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah, just like own when you're not okay, but also like be respectful that like, you don't need to constantly dump everything on a person. Maybe ask for permission, you know, be like, hey, I'm going mm. through this. Is it okay if I kind of vent to you for like, let's give me 20 minutes. And then after that, let's do something to get me out of this funk, you know? There you go. That's like, again, like clear boundary setting. And it also is like letting the other person know, like, hey, like, are you okay with this? Like, there's mm-hmm. a consent there. Yeah. It's like, I think the problem with venting is the no consent, you know? Yes. 
Totally. Oh my gosh. And it, like, especially when you're a very sensitive person, it can be a lot mm-hmm. when somebody is like venting to you. Like, so there have been times where I'm like completely drained. I'm like, I have no energy left because like that was a lot to take in. And I'm like thinking about it now and I'm like trying to problem solve for my friend. You know, we do that. I think especially yeah. as women or like female friendships, mm-hmm. we're really trying to like help each other and like solve problems and to like be in that fixer mode. And so it can be a lot. So, but it's still okay to not be okay. But just ask for permission. Mm-hmm. It's okay <laughs> not to be okay, friends. Last one. Don't fight the things that are happening in your life. And I think I kind of already said this a little bit, but I think there are so many phases of when you're going through a hard time and it can be related to like going through a challenging season in life in general, where you're just like not feeling in alignment with things in your life. Or it can be as simple as like a challenging, just conflict with somebody or something that you need to bring up, but you're feeling like fear. And so I think it's really important to just find acceptance and to not fight the things that are happening in your life. And once I've learned when you find that acceptance of like, okay, I'm gonna have this fight. There's this almost sense of calm that pours over you for like having the acceptance and being able to face the situation head on. And then you kind of get into this like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. We're, we're fighting now and I'm in it. I'm accepting it. And we're going to figure it out and we're going to talk through it and things are going to be okay. And so I think I've learned that I've had a lot with my avoidant attachment style. Um, The majority of my 20s, I have avoided anything challenging or uncomfortable like the plague. Like ask the closest people in my life. I procrastinate so many things. I procrastinate my taxes. I procrastinate asking like my boss for a raise. I procrastinate having an uncomfortable conversation with Jack. There's so many things. And I think I've just learned that having that like initial set of uncomfort is like, okay, but like you will find acceptance within that moment. And when you allow things to kind of just happen, you can face them and you'll figure it out. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. It definitely does. Don't fight and don't have so much resistance. Just kind of like flow through things and know that like it will, you'll, you'll be okay. Yeah. I feel like you wrote that for me. Okay. Really? No resistance then. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad. I thought that one was going to be a little bit out there. Like it wasn't going to make sense because it's like such a subtle thing. Oh, I don't know if it's, if it's me, please let us know. (laughs) Please let us know if it resonates, but it resonates to me. me (laughs) Sure does. (laughs) Don't give me your feedback on this. I will cry if it's bad. Just kidding. Okay, let's talk about wellness. <gasps> yes, our wellness girly closes her birthday episode with wellness things. I love wellness things. Um, okay, so I think this one's the most important of all, but be well out of love for yourself versus chasing perfection or vanity. Don't obsess over things. Mm. Don't obsess over wellness. Don't obsess over healthy lifestyle things because you're trying to chase being perfect or you're trying to, um, yeah, just like look, look hot as shit. (laughs) 
I mean, and that's not a bad thing. (laughs) Way of saying that. I mean, yeah, we want to look good, right? But like, I think when you start to chase Mm. wellnessy things, obsess over it. Mm. When you obsess over, I need to look thirty forever, right? I don't want to look. I don't want to look my age, right? Aging, anti-aging, and all of that. I think it's Mm. okay to like want to still like look good and feel good. But I think there is a line that you can get like very obsessed with the, with the wellnessy lifestyle. And so I, I was definitely very much obsessed, still kind of am a little bit. And I think there's a whole other movement happening that's like anti-wellness, which I don't think is the answer. I think like we still need to like be well and we still need to eat our vegetables and, you know, eat things that make us go to the bathroom. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like we need to eat things that like make our body function and we need to mm-hmm. like drink. Like there's there's things that we need to do for our body um, and our mind and our spirit. But I think I'm, I've learned in my 20s to not obsess over it and to that at the end of it all, it's a feeling behind everything. Like I want to mm. feel strong in my body. So I move and I lift weights. I just want to feel like healthy, whatever that means. But like for me, it means I want to feel healthy, that my like skin is clear and bright. And so drinking water and eating leafy greens to me feels good because I feel, I can feel it. So I think um, in my early mid twenties, I was definitely, I had like a disordered eating in mild eating disorder where I was very, very much obsessed with healthy eating. And I was actually living in so much fear and I was completely putting stress on my nervous system of eating a donut or not eating keto because it was going to take me out of ketosis. And like, I was obsessed with being in ketosis. I was obsessed with like the bulletproof lifestyle and diet that I would again, arguments with waiters at restaurants and asking them like what oil they were cooking my food in and that like, I didn't want things at a certain temperature. Wow. Yeah. Like it was not healthy. Like in my mom, who's a very, like, she's always been very healthy, would be like, we're at like a very healthy restaurant. Like you have a problem. So yes, be well out of love for yourself and not just obsess, obsess, obsessive compulsive. Yeah. And like vanity. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Next, find a way to move your body that makes you feel excited. I think that was a really big lesson. Everything kind of is, goes underneath that first lesson of like being well out of love. And so within that, I've found a completely new way to have exercise in my life or to have movement in my life that gets me excited and that I genuinely love and look forward to. So I have you know, gone through phases where I would punish myself in workouts or I'd eat something and be like, okay, I now have to run on the treadmill for two hours or whatever. Wow. So, and I would hate it and I would hate myself during it. And so I, I really believe that like when you have like those thoughts while you're doing that, like that's not, you're not being well. That's not well in my eyes. So <laughs> being well and yeah, feeling mm-hmm. like good and healthy 
means like actually loving what you're doing and treating your body with care and kindness and not like overexerting yourself because you feel like you need to hit whatever like weight goal or like muscle goal. So I think I've just prioritized. I want to feel good and I want to do things for my body that like just make my joints healthy or that lower my cortisol and increase my endorphins. And so I think leading into my next point, another thing that I've learned is to um, really be in sync with my moon what do you call this? Menstrual cycle. My Your, moon the cycle. Mo- the menstrual cycle. There's, yeah. Mm-hmm. The w- being in tune with my menstrual cycle. So I'm not going to get into all of it, but there's different phases, if you know, you know, of your cycle. So there's, I believe, four phases. And each phase, it's important to adhere to certain things that can really help boost and be in flow with your hormones. So I think once I started doing that, I completely felt the impact of it for the better. And um, yeah, I was diagnosed with like a hormonal imbalance a while ago. And I really believe that like, I do not have that anymore because I have really listened to my body and allowed myself to rest when I'm menstruating and to like really just be more in tune with those cyclical cycles. So Hmm. we should definitely have a full episode on that with like an expert. I'd love, love, love to talk about cyclical living. Oh, I would too. I nerd out over that mm -hmm. stuff because I, it works and you know it too. Like it works. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. You start to feel it. I feel it It after like one of those four, that like month of me doing that and like eating certain things and, resting and not like exercising during certain cycles, mm-hmm. I feel it. And I'm like, wow, I'm actually. No, and it's really helpful to be conscious about it. Like, mm-hmm. for example, the three to two days before I menstruate, I always have a little mental breakdown and I always feel like I'm losing my mind. And then two days later or the day after I bleed and I'm like, Oh, Ah. this is what was happening. So being conscious about your cycle also gives you a lot of kind of like kindness to yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, I'm not going insane. It's my hormones. (laughs) Yes. You know, because we go through, it's like we peak, like certain hormones peak and that makes us feel a certain way. And all of that is true. And it's all like we, our, our bodies work with like chemistry And just Mm -hmm. being more aware of that just, you know, helps somehow. It does. It really does. So, yeah. We definitely definitely need to have a full episode on this. That needs to be soon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would love that. Yeah. And to tie this all up, I have one last, one last, this is 20. My 20th lesson is prioritize your sleep over everything. It's so simple and mundane, but I'm telling you, once I started prioritizing my sleep and I was like, above all things in my life and in my routine, my sleep is number one. My sleep goes above my friends. Like, sorry, I can't talk to you today because I need to go to bed and I need to get my eight to 10 hours of sleep. And then when I'm well rested, I can talk to you. And 
after going through a pandemic, I think we were able to obviously stay home and rest more. And so that was something that I took out of it was that like, okay, I'm actually going to honor getting this sleep because my immune system needs it. And um, yeah, when you have good rest, everything works better. Like fuck supplements. Of course, I still take supplements, but like maybe instead of taking that supplement, she has a supplement for everything, guys. But I do have a supplement for everything. Oh my God, you should see my little supplement cabinet. I love it. But I used to take so many more. And now I have like ones for like emergency issues, like special things. And I take my probiotics, but other than that, and my vitamin D in the winter. But other than that, I just sleep because your body knows how to like just clean itself out and heal itself. Mm -hmm. So if you sleep, that's the best supplement of all. Prioritize sleep. Oh my God, Mariah. Is this okay? That's it. I'm done. Did we go through the 20 lessons? (sighs) Yes. Oh my God. This was so beautiful. And I'm so happy that you shared 20 lessons that I obviously still need because I'm still in the tail end of my 20s. So thank you. I mean, this my was pleasure. beautiful. Yeah. I, so, it was something. Okay. I'm not wait, sure it was beautiful. But wait, it was I want to close this. I want to <laughs> <laughs> I want to close this with, with one last question. Okay. Okay. One that I didn't write down. It's a surprise one. What parting gift dash piece of advice would you give to the rest of us that are still in our 20s? Oh no, that's hard. Okay. Give me a moment. Just, you know, whatever comes up. Parting gift. I have so many. (laughs) You have 20. (laughs) Wear SPF. I'm going to make it fun. It doesn't have to be deep. (laughs) Wear SPF, especially on your hands and your forehead. We're going to talk about vanity now because um, also health because you can get skin cancer if you don't wear sunscreen. <laughs> and I used to, like, people would tell me that all the time. People would always be like, wear sunscreen. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have to worry about that. And then I started seeing I an amazing that. esthetician. And she was like, girl, you got to wear SPF. Shout out to Jordan. Um, and ever since that, I have been doing it. And I can already see how my skin has improved, just protecting it a little bit more. And... um yeah, this is this is the one face and the one okay layer of skin we have. Okay, don't t- don't use that. Okay, girl. <laughs> this is don't use it. No, that. we're we're using it. <laughs> we're using it. <laughs> My one parting gift. Yeah, I was gonna try and be really deep, <laughs> but I'm tired. No, this was natural. This came out the way that it came out, and I love it. And yeah. Thank you all for listening. And, you know, hope you come we'll back. We'll see you in the next I one. Understand if you. <laughs> so, well, next episode, we'll go into my dating life. Bye. Bye. <laughs>